We are in our summer series, First Timothy, uh, You Are Meant for More, has been the overarching theme. Uh, so we are in First Timothy 5. We've been kind of going through it a chapter at a time. So if you want to catch up, it's all on YouTube and Facebook. We'd love for you to get caught up with the services. But I just want to put out a question to everybody this morning. Uh, we've been doing this discussion-style service for a few weeks now. It's going to be the new norm in red verse. Um, so this is your opportunity to say, hey, I really like it. I think we should stick to this. Or please let us go back to chairs and just normal service. So, and if you haven't been with us, then, I mean, you can pitch in if you want. But I will just throw it to you for a couple minutes. Everyone who's been with us, what have you thought of this? Should we keep it going? Or should we go back to service as it normally is? And everyone goes really shy all of a sudden. <laughs> if I ask about superstitions, everyone's got one they want to throw out. But anyways, that was last week. Check it out. Um, anybody? Any thoughts? I got a thumbs up. I'll take it. I know I've talked to a couple people privately and they really like it, but now they're being super shy right now. But anyways, that's all right. Anybody else? I got a thumbs up. Alrighty. Okay. I don't know what to think of that. Um, I wanted to put this, I wanted to point this out though real quick before we dive into the material. Um, what we've been doing around these tables, this is ministry. And we often talk about, you know, when we talk about talk, doing ministry, and it's, we often think of this, what I do. I stand up, and I have these really well thought out messages that I share, and, and we're like, oh, I can't do that. That's okay. You don't have to do this. You have to do what you've been doing for the last six weeks, and that's sit down and share your life and talk about faith. I loved when we started in chapter 1, Timothy, Paul told Timothy, it's not about having a perfect faith. It's not about having a strong faith. It's about having a genuine faith. And genuine faith is one that's being worked out daily. It's one that doesn't have all the answers, but you're looking for the answers. This is ministry. It's just sitting down with a group of people and talking about life, praying for one another, and diving into the Word and just seeing what you can glean from it. And you don't have to have all the right answers. You don't even have to have any answers. But just knowing that it's there. And we can do life together. And we can talk about it. And Anyways, so I want to put that out there. As we get ready for fall kickoff, when we start looking for volunteers, it's not that you, when I ask for volunteers, you don't have to do this. You just have to do that. And anyone can do this. Anyone can sit and talk and pray and just share life and be open and honest. Okay, 1 Timothy chapter 5, uh, a couple of points I want to point out. Uh, the way this works is I put, give you a couple discussion points, something for you to think about, then you go to the chapter, you read through it, and then you'd have, I'll have discussion questions for you that I will distribute later on. <clears throat> but the thing that stands out to me as we read through 1 Timothy 5 is the connection that Paul makes between church and family. He just makes it so apparent, and he uses the family as an analogy of how we as a church are supposed to operate. In fact, verses 1 and 2 say this, Paul tells his young friend, never speak harshly to an older man, 
but appeal to him respectfully as you would to your own father. Talk to younger men as you would your own brother. Treat older men, tr treat older women as you would your mother, and treat younger women with all purity as you would your own sisters. So he just draws it right out. And when it comes to dealing with older men, talk to them like you would your father, with respect and honor. Same with older women. And it's interesting because for some of us, we have really good family dynamics, and we hear that and we're like, oh, that makes sense. But for some of us, we don't really have that healthy family dynamic. And when you read, treat younger men as you would your brother, you're like, uh, do you know how I talk to my brother? Man, I don't think that's what Paul's talking about. Um, <clears throat> right? And there's laughing. That, it's that nervous laughter. You all know what I'm talking about. Like, <laughs> I don't think that's what Paul wants. And so one of the things we're actually going to talk about this morning is I want to put it to you, what does a healthy family dynamic look like? And what was your family like? Because that impacts a lot of things. We're supposed to treat each other like we treat our siblings. I didn't get treated very well by my siblings, right? That might be your history. Or I don't know how to treat my father with honor and respect because maybe they were abusive. And by extension, and not only does that impact the way we interact with one another, it also impacts the way we interact with God. We have a really bad experience with our father it's going to impact the way we see god when we talk about him as father and one of the things we need to unpack as we gather and we share is what does family supposed to look like what is a what is a biblical father look like what does it mean when we say god is our father and how does he interact with us I think this is the one of the reasons that some people have a tough time connecting with church is because we have this deeper connection than we have even with our own blood, flesh and blood. We have this spirit that dwells within us and connects us in a deeper, more meaningful way. And if you've had that bad family upbringing, that's going to make you uncomfortable. It's going to really throw you off. And so part of being the family of God is learning what it means to be a strong, healthy, biblical family. Which, wouldn't you know it, that's one of the things we want to kind of park on as we move forward. And we're going to talk about that in the fall kickoff. Um, the second point that Paul talks about is he continues to talk about family. And he talks about how we're supposed to treat and raise up and take care of our family members. Now, Paul parks on widows, because widows was kind of a big thing. Widows and orphans were a big deal back then, and he unpacks kind of based on where they are as, you know, are they older, are they younger? Do they have family? Do they not have family? Because a church has different responsibilities depending on how much family they have. And the interesting thing is, is that I don't think it just applies to widows when we apply it to today. Yes, we need to be aware as a church how we take care of widows. One of the things that Paul addresses is that it's not the church's responsibility if she has family. The family's supposed to care for her. The family's supposed to take, meet her needs and watch over her and protect her. It's not the church's responsibility. And I think if we're honest, we, take, we can take widow out and we can throw any one of our family members into that category. Well, I don't have to take care of my kids' spirituality. That's what kids' church is for. I don't take care of my teenager spirituality. That's what youth group is for. I don't have to worry about my husband's spirituality because we have men's group. I don't have to worry about my wife's spirituality because we have ladies' group. I don't have to worry about these things because we have the church. And what Paul is saying is, no, 
In the same way as a church, we're supposed to take care of one another. As a family, you're supposed to take care of your family members. You're supposed to take responsibility for them. He goes so far to say this, but those who won't care for their relatives, especially those in their own household, have denied the faith. Let that sink in. If you are not willing to take care of your family members, you have denied the faith. Such people are worse than unbelievers. Why? Because we are supposed to take care of our family. And we as a church are supposed to take care of our own because we are not just a group of people we're not a country club we're not just a group of people that just show up Sunday and kind of encourage one another we're a family we're connected deeper than any other group we're ever a part of because we have a spirit in us that connects us more deeply than anything the world has to offer and so Paul says you are the family take care of one another and more importantly take care of your family So those are my big things. My big discussion points this morning is that tie between church and family and how we're supposed to love one another, we're supposed to love our families, we're supposed to take care of them, take care of them, not only their physical, but their emotional, their spiritual needs. In a day where um, parenting is just kind of people just kind of step back and hope the kids turn out okay, Paul is saying, no, that's not how that works. You need to step in and be involved. Parents, we're responsible for our kids' spirituality and how they're growing up. Husbands, you're responsible for your wives because you're the head of the home. Wives, you are responsible because you are his helper and his partner and you need to keep tabs on his spirituality. We need to keep tabs on our parents, not in a <clears throat> demeaning way, but in an uplifting way. And as I close, this morning what we're going to do, instead of me coming back and giving some closing thoughts, I'm just going to close and let you discuss, kind of for your online reasons and everything. But I want you to do this. I want you to look around the room this morning. Look around sanctuary, because every single person in this room is your family. And what does it mean to love them like family? What does it mean to love the person at the other table what does it mean when you chose not to sit at that particular table? Not because, it may not be out of spite, but maybe it's just, you know, whatever. But you need to deal with that. You need to address that because it's hard to trust one another. It's hard to rely on people that we're not feeling connected with. And we are responsible for that connection. We're responsible for that unity. We're responsible for that relationship. So as I come around, I have the discussion questions. I'll drop them at every table. Um, I want you to just kind of scan the room. And I want you to take in a, a personal inventory of the relationships that you have in this room. Maybe you don't know somebody. That's okay. Perfect opportunity to get to know them after service. Maybe you see nothing but love when you scan the room. But maybe there's some animosity that needs to be addressed. And just like you would do it with your own brother and your own sister... You need to do it with the family of God.